The spectacular five-color pool crowns the Huanglong scenic area. I'd arrive early and look out over the stunning colors of the pool, then watch as the sun crested the mountain behind and repainted the valley in brilliant gold. Huanglong literally means yellow dragon, which makes sense when the long valley is viewed from above. Calcite deposits of travertine stretch along the valley floor in a sinewy beige streak. Throughout the long mountain valley, calcium carbonate buildup has formed terraces over the ages, resulting in the spectacular pools of clear turquoise you see as you descend the trail. Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and I am here with Amado de Hoyos. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to travel the world, but sometimes it helps. Having spent eight years building a career testing rockets with SpaceX, Amado de Hoyos decided to leave it early in 2015 and spent the last five years circling the globe on a seemingly never-ending quest, the desire to see the world. A friend made the fateful decision early in that trip to gift Amado a book called 100 Wonders, and he would sweep the globe, attempting to visit as many of those as he possibly could. Currently at 97, those last three are going to be tricky. The checklist of 100 Wonders would expand to the checklist of UNESCO World Heritage Sites and would then expand to just being and living in the moment among the cultures of the world. Thank you so much for joining us. Why are you passionate about travel and what does travel mean to you? Um, I, I just in general, I love to learn. And so travel gives the opportunity to learn about um, history and nature and culture and everything all in one. Um, so it's been fun. Uh, you know, I, I liked it in school and now all of a sudden I found myself um, learning about history in the places where that actually happened. And it's an incredible experience. So. So now you're like a jet setter. You've gone to how many countries? 117. 100. Uh, well, counting Antarctica, which yeah. isn't really a country, but yeah. Yeah. And you've been to how many UNESCO sites? Uh, 430, I think. 430. Um, just, just, just over forty percent of them. Which is, I mean, it's a big deal. It's uh, a big deal. It's a big deal. They're, they're amazing. Um, th this is, yeah, what UNESCO is. I don't know if, if you know your viewers know or whatever, but um, the United Nations set out to highlight the places of uh, particular in, uh, importance for all of humanity. So that's the natural sites, um, which Huanglong, what we were talking about, is one of those. Um, so you can see why. Um, culture sites, things that have important, you know, cultural memory for all of humanity, uh, historical sites. And so when you find these uh, around the country, wherever you live, you're going to learn something about us and how we're all, you know, together, how we came to be. So it's been good. That's pretty amazing. I, uh, I learned about UNESCO sites when I went to visit Machu Picchu. And um, I had finished the Salkantai trek and I was, <laughs> I nearly died. It was great. And then they give you that stamp on your passport. And I was like, I need this. <laughs> I don't know if they do that at all the UNESCO sites, do they? No, no, um, no. 
But, uh, you know, that one, yeah, I was so eager to get that when I went to Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu was one of my first trips. And then afterwards, you know, later in the year, my passport book was filling up and I was like, oh, no, I need more space. You're like, I need more pages. <laughs> yes. But that's like one of my favorite things is to, so something that I carry with yeah. uh, whenever I travel in the U.S. is a national pa- park passport. I'm such a I need like, I need those stamps. Like, do you have the, the little blue book or do you have the big one now? I have, I have the, the, like a suitcase book with a lot of pages. I have the little one, but I have like three of them now. The, one of the important things that UNESCO does, um, and in particular with Machu Picchu, there were so many people going that it was starting to erode the infrastructure um, up there in the mountains. And so UNESCO actually makes sure that these sites are protected. So they have to implement like the number of visitors that can go and they do sort of those sorts of things because of UNESCO. So it's an incredibly important uh, organization. Yeah, I remember they only, so you know the Huayna Picchu, that little yeah. mountain right behind Machu Picchu, the, the mountain that you see when you, when you with see the Machu best Picchu, view. with the best view, you can climb up that thing and they only had, I think there's like a limit, I don't know how many. Uh, it's like 100 a day. Yeah, something like that. And I know, I didn't go, like I didn't know about it when I went, now I have to go back. You have but. to go back, yeah. Um, my, my tour guide that had taken me around the mountains was like, do you want to get there early in the morning? I was like, hell yeah, get my ass up early to get up on that mountain. Like I need to get up there. So um, that was pretty fun. <laughs> Tell me about, before you decided to travel the world, and I know you worked for SpaceX, you know, obviously it's about space exploration. Is that why you became an explorer of Earth? <laughs> um, not really, actually. I, I, I ended up at SpaceX because I always wanted to be an astronaut. Um, still want to be an you astronaut. Had that explore, you had that explorer yeah. thing going on. <laughs> Anybody from NASA who's listening. No, and so I, I, I was at SpaceX and I worked and I worked and I worked for eight years and I, I just didn't take any vacation. Um, I loved what I was doing. And so it was easy to get sucked in and just do that and, and you know, make sure that that was going to be a success. Um, and when I left, uh, it was, a, you know, what's next? And so my thought then was, all right, let me go see the the big highlights. I'm going to go to Rome and we're going to go to Machu Picchu and, you know, Big Jesus in in Brazil. Um, And uh, yeah, two things happened that year. Um, This was 2015. Um, The earthquake hit Nepal. And so all of those old temples just were destroyed. Um, they've, They've rebuilt them. UNESCO helped again and they rebuilt them in the same style. Um, and with some of the same construction material, which is just amazing. Um, so that was one. And the other one was um, in uh, Palmyra in Syria. Um, ISIS was kind of coming up and they destroyed Palmyra, which was this old Roman city in the desert. And it's just gone. So that was the thought when I started traveling. It's like, if I don't go see some of this stuff now, it might not be here when I next get an opportunity. So let me just go. Um, and that was, and yeah, you know, so the, the other thing was my friend gave me this book, um, 100 Wonders, which for an engineer, if you give an engineer a list, I had to go through the list. And so that's <laughs> a little bit was, you know, let me go see the big things. And then suddenly somebody gave me this book, this list of the big things. And so it just kind of came to be a thing. So you worked for, Na- you interned with NASA. And then NASA. you joined SpaceX. So you, you, why didn't you go forward with your astronaut dreams? Were you just like, I'm ready to like, you know, do something else? Like, what was it? 
Well, I apply. I've applied. I'll keep applying. But yeah, you know, there's there's so many very very qualified people. Um, yeah, in I have pool. no idea what it's what it's like to you know like to actually try to be an astronaut. No idea. So hearing your journey and like what it's like to try to do that is. I know what it's like to unsuccessfully apply. No, I mean, you can watch the videos and they do some amazing things. And, and it's just an amazing set of people, you know, people who are jet, jet pilots and doctors and physicists all in one. That one person is all of those. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't doubt it. I feel like one day you'll get that chance. Hopefully. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> when I well, see I'm something, good. it happens. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm counting on you. I know. <laughs> I say stuff and then it happens in people's lives. So watch you apply again and then all of a sudden you'll be an astronaut. But like, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, what was the first place that you went to on that? Um, my, on the list? So what happened was we, we, I, I was um, just poking around the U.S. trying to figure out like longer term plans. Yeah. And um, I met with a friend of mine and we decided to plan out, you know, a South America highlights trip. So three, three weeks we went down to, we went to Machu Picchu and we, we flew in and took the train over. Like I would love to go back and hike it. And I did, just didn't know about those things back then. Yeah. Um, so we went that, we, we went down to, uh, to Buenos Aires and we went up to Guazu Falls. And uh, next to Guazu Falls, there's um, Itaipu Dam, which at one point was the largest dam in the world. And you can go and take these engineering tours. I'm going to nerd out a little bit. And you walk down and you put on the hard hat and you're next to these massive turbines that are shaking the earth around. It's unreal. Um, so we did that. We went to Rio and, you know, saw Big Jesus and Sugarloaf Mountain. And then we went to Manaus which um, Manaus is on the Amazon River, and it's, you might have seen pictures, it's where the, uh, the two major legs of it join, and the river flows black on one side and brown on the other for miles downstream before they finally mix. And so it's just unreal to see those two right next to one another and not mixing. So we got back, and, and she was moving and getting rid of some stuff, and again, this was the book, and so we, I flopped through the book and realized we'd been to five just on this quick trip. Um, Machu Picchu, Guazu Falls, um, Itaipu Dam, um, uh, and the Amazon River. And the, the, uh, the split. You despise the, the uh, yeah. So that was like, all right, well, you know, when you think of the big things, we just went to visit them. Let me try and plan my trip like that. Um, and so I next planned a Europe trip that kind of bounced between a lot of those and some other, you know, highlights in between. You've been everywhere. You've literally been everywhere. Not quite. There's so much more. I feel like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a lot of countries and a lot of places that are just, you know, it's pretty amazing. Um, you said that you, you had mentioned to me earlier that you had done the book, obviously, 100 Wonders of the World. Do you know the author? Who's the author? Oh, uh, let's see who's on it. And this is old. Um, I would actually uh, post some updates to it uh, if I had the chance. Um, it says Michael Hoffman and Alexander Krings. Okay, so if anybody wants to check out that book. <laughs> do it, and then go visit them. Go visit the place. I actually haven't even read the, the write-ups for the book because I've been there. Um, so what's the last three that's left on that book? 
The last three. All right. The last three are um, Mecca, which you have to be Muslim to go to Mecca. Uh, and I'm not really about to convert for that. Yeah. But I would love to go and visit and see the, 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 the Hajj, the pilgrimage. Um, that's one. Babylon is another in Iraq. And it, um, I know some people who have been to Iraq recently, but it just doesn't. It's a little scary right now, and especially now. Um, and then the last one is the International Space Station, which, again, knock on wood. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be 98. <laughs> so, okay, we'll yeah, those, are, those are harder to get to. <laughs> a little tough. Just a little. Just a little. Uh, so you've been to Antarctica, which is a continent that I have been dying to go to, but there's, you have to have like a purpose or you have to do something. I don't know. What are the secrets to getting to Antarctica? Yeah, you have to be a scientist or you have to pay a lot of money. And that's what I did. Uh, basically, a certain number of people can go at, at any at any point. And so you end up on a ship with, I think, about 100 people. And only so many can be on land at a time. So half are in small Zodiac boats and the other half are on, on land on Antarctica. With um, the, the amazing thing about Antarctica is the wildlife just doesn't know what to what to do with humans, right? We're, we're not natural there, so they don't care. So you, you go and stand there and the penguins walk back and forth, you know, <laughs> two feet in front of you, um, doing their little walk and falling on their face. And they're, they're amazingly cute. They smell very, very bad. Do they? Um, oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all the documentaries on TV about Antarctica, no one's ever been like, it smells here. Like, you know, so... You'll see it. Yeah, I said when you watch it now, you'll see it because once you've been there, somebody's always going to make that comment. And yes, it does because they just nest and they go. The whales. I mean, you're out on the on the water in small little zodiac boats, which is just these inflatable life raft things, and whales just surface right next to you. It was an expedition that was supposed to try and cross the Southern Circle, um, just by boat. You know, floating. You stop and get off and do things and go down further and so they do a thing as as far south as you are the the quote-unquote pol polar plunge so the ship spun around to clear the ice and those of us who were brave enough jumped into pretty much freezing water i mean yeah, as close to it. ice make it oh yeah absolutely do you have pictures uh i have to dig them up but yes i mean pictures um, or it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> I think oh the, the temperature of the water was 0.2 degrees and 11 seconds. You just can't feel your fingers and your toes. And everybody thinks I'm going to jump out and I'm going to swim around and you jump in and hit the water. And it's like back to the boat. Let me get back to the boat. Oh. <laughs> and they've got a rope on you and they're pulling and you're trying to swim and failing. And oh, it's amazing. But I'll send you some pictures. Oh my God. That is crazy. I can't even do that. I've tried to do that in Alpine Lakes and I can't, I can't put two of my feet in. I can only put like my left or my right. Like I can't imagine. You just have to jump in because your body's going to tell you no. So you just got to jump in. Sometimes. My body is like, you are from the Philippines. You nope, should be nope. in warm water, <laughs> not in cold water. What is the matter with you? <laughs> We're so used to all of the greens and, and these colors of flowers and those sorts of things. And um, for us, the boats, we, we sailed in a boat from the southern tip of, uh, of Argentina. Um, and you cross this treacherous bit of water that can get very bad and, and really tough weather conditions. Uh, and then all of a sudden you arrive in Antarctica and like half the color palette is gone because it's just whites and blues. But it's still so incredibly beautiful. So... 
Yeah, it's that, amazing. If you can get there, it is well worth the trip. That's definitely on my my top of my bucket list. Like I got to get to Antarctica. I got to do it. And that's been ever since I was a kid. I was like, what's that thing on the bottom there? And they're like, that's Antarctica. I'm like, I have to go there. <laughs> Not even understanding the the conditions or how hard it is to get there. That is so cool. What's your favorite place that you've ever traveled? Um, just overall, in general, I, I love New Zealand. Um, I would like to live, move to New Zealand and live there forever. It's, it's just beautiful. Uh, they've got, you know, the mix of mountains and glaciers alongside pristine beaches, alongside rolling hills and, you know, um, Peter Jackson shared a, a lot of that with, you know, his Lord of the Rings series because that's where it was filmed and that's what it looks like. Uh, it's amazing. Um, great, great people though. Uh, an amazing history. Um, good, uh, a blend of the indigenous culture there and um, uh, when the British arrived. Um, it's got one of the best mixes of like the Pacific Island food. Um, they brought it in from everywhere and it's just delicious, everything. So I, I hear people who travel to New Zealand all the time and they talk about the mountains. I've never been. No, I've okay. actually never been to Australia or New Zealand, even though I know a lot of Australians. One of my very good friends is lives in Sydney and like, she's like, what are you doing? Come here. And I just end <laughs> up going elsewhere. Um, but New Zealand, every time someone talks about it, they never talk about the food. So that's really interesting. That's a really interesting perspective. I never knew that. Uh, any tips or tricks that you can share with somebody who wants to go? New Zealand or it's easier than, than it always looks. Just go. Um, you'll figure things out. You'll have a blast and then you'll be hooked. Um, for New Zealand in general though, uh, there's a few companies that rent vans and the best way to see New Zealand is, you know, not in the cities, but to drive through the countryside. Um, so I, I rented a van for about a month and, uh, you know, drove the length of North and South Island um, and saw some things kind of on my own time. Um, if you're in New Zealand in, in what is um, their summer, our winter, um, it's far enough south that you get these epically long days. You know, it's daylight into midnight. And so I would go on these long hikes up into the mountains all by myself. And, you know, from 6, 7 a.m. through midnight and get back after that long day and have just seen the most spectacular wilderness. It's um, good. I didn't, you went there for a whole month? That is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way to experience. I think any place if you could stay for a month you really at least a month you really start kind of understanding you're part of it you're not just like this you know person that's passing through you're starting to feel like okay i know where that place is or you know what i mean like you just start understanding a little bit more um so that's always really nice like that's like such a uh, i think a luxury i love being able to go to the place for at least that long yeah. Um, I know that's not possible for most for instance, you know, work or whatever, but like, man, if you could do it, I would say take the whole month to go wherever you want to go. Um, yeah. you, do you have any other tips that you have for, you know, like favorite destinations or anything in New Zealand that you suggest? Um, uh, I think one of the things that was, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, 
Um, down down south, uh, Milford Sound is a part of the fjord system in uh, in far south New Zealand, and is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, go out, take a boat, and you'll ride through, and you know just these mountains rising out of the ocean and thin narrow passages, and it, like any fjord system in the world, they're all they're all beautiful, but that one in particular is is stunning. That uh, Tongariro crossing, um, basically a day hike that takes you up. Uh, a mountain, um, part of which is, is Mount Doom again in the, the Lord of the Rings series. You can walk up that, which is tough because it's, it's this rocky scree stuff. So every step you take up crumbles underneath you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's a tough up. Um, but still do it because it's awesome. <laughs> but still do it because, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was on top of Mount Doom. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The one thing for those always, too, is uh, if you're not scared of it, on the way down, um, you basically just start running and it carries you down and you just have to you know lean back into it a little bit and trust that you're not going to fall but it's fun what is your most interesting travel story any dangerous exciting travel stories i'm sure you have a few yeah i've got a few um it's yeah i don't know uh Dangerous, interesting. Um, one thing I would say, and this would be, you know, a huge recommendation, again, if you have the month, um, one that I'd found along the way was uh, the Camino de Santiago, which is uh, basically a walk across Spain, uh, an old pilgrim trail that dates back, you know, a thousand years almost now. Um, and uh, so people have been taking that across Europe um, through the centuries. And, and people do it now for a variety of reasons. A lot of people go to find themselves. Um, some people go for the religion aspect of it still. Um, some people go, you know, to get in shape, to get away, any reason. And so um, you'll, you'll, if you go and, and, you know, do this walk, you'll come across all those people and you get to meet everybody and hear everybody's story. Um, people have been through heartbreak and tragedy and, and just every walk of human life. Um, but one of the best things about that is when you finally get there um, to Santiago de Compostela at the end and you stand in front of this old cathedral, there's a very large plaza there and you can watch all of the people coming in having completed um, whatever their portion of the walk has been. Some people walk for a day, some people walk just the last hundred kilometers, some people have walked from Spain, so a thousand kilometers, uh, sorry, from France, so the thousand kilometers. And it's just every range of human emotion you see as people come in um, and see that end and they're crying and they're laughing and they're meeting back up with all of the people that they've seen and met over the past month and it's just this deeply spiritual thing whether you whatever you believe in um, to see that emotion on live display and I was there I spent three days there visiting the city and the museums and, and the cathedral itself and just found myself coming back in the middle of the day to sit in the plaza and watch people come in. So uh, amazing. Did you hike it? I will, yeah, hiked it. I mean, it's not really hiking. The first, I mean, there's well, stretches. Sure, yeah. you, you, I've had a friend do it. He did the whole thing, but I didn't know that it was like, it's a walking. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just uh, trails. Some of it is by roadside. Um, a fair bit of it's flat. That first stretch, between France and Spain, you're crossing the Pyrenees. So it is a little, you know, that's a tough day. And yeah. right at the very beginning. Um, but you've done but, it. Uh, 
did you do a portion or do you do all of it? I did all of it. Yeah, I walked about 750 miles from that border with France, with France, through Santiago to Compostela, and then I continued on to the ocean to say that um, the the name of the city at uh, the ocean is Finitera, which the end of the earth. Like, how could you not walk to the end of the earth? What did you learn? What were um, you there for and what did you learn? You know, for a lot of, I was there uh, for the experience um, to see a stretch of the world in that way by foot, uh, which, you know, I, this, I did this two years ago. So at that point I'd been traveling for three years and it had been planes and it had been boats and it had been, you know, some trains. It had been a lot of car. Um, I'd never taken the time to walk from point A to point B. Um, you know, I, there were days you would start walking in the morning and by late afternoon, you'd have walked uh, you'd have walked 10 miles and the same hill or mountain would have been off the horizon to your right that whole time where most of the rest of my travels, I'd have driven by and seen that in 30 minutes. So it's a, a different appreciation of, what we have, what's here and around us, a different pace. Something I learned um, to, to take advantage of those different perspectives. I love that. So, yeah, so you came out with it with a different perspective. Is there anything else that you feel like you've learned or that you kind of just hold with you? I guess in a sense how connected we can all be. Again, because that's one of those where, where people were coming from from various different lives and different backgrounds. And you just, at the end of the night, most of the time, if you do it the traditional way, you'll end up in a hostel, um, sleeping in bunk beds with you know, 10 or 15 other pilgrims, three or four of which always snore very, very loudly. So be ready for that. But around a table sharing these humongous meals, right? You, you know, we're just not used to expending that amount of calories walking 20, 25 miles a day in some very hot conditions. And so you can eat whatever you want. You have these huge meals at the end of the day and you still lose weight. Um, but no, just how, how connected we all are and all can be. And, and we all kind of go through these journeys emotionally um, for various reasons throughout our life. And uh, it's just amazing to be able to share that, to feel that. We're hearing you and like, I'm getting a sense of what it's like, but you don't really know until you actually are walking that 750 miles, what that looks or feels like, or we're not going to really understand. So it's, it's, uh, it must be really nice to be around travelers and pilgrim pilgrims that are just kind of like walking along with you, feeling the same exhaustion. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, I mean, you have that kinship at the end of the day of, you know, just, barely being able to stand sometimes. And so, yeah, and, and the payoff again is sitting in the plaza in front of that cathedral at the end when you see people just literally break down on the steps of the church and it's so beautiful. That is so amazing. I'm going to have to either do that trail or even just sit in that town and just take photographs. Do at least part of the trail. Give you, you know, two days of walking or three days of walking yeah, I could see myself doing it. I mean, I'm a hiker, so I, I'm all about that stuff, you know. So. And it's easy hiking. It's just long. Obviously. Yeah, it's just long. Yeah. I could see myself doing it. 
Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> okay, so where are you going to next? What's your plans? Um, my so the 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 goal for me was always to kind of get through those that hundred wonders and then move on to the next phase of my life. The next phase of my life was uh, when I left SpaceX. It was uh, to chase a dream. I'd always wanted to be an actor. So right now, and and this kind of all timed up um, perfectly for me because, you know, I stopped traveling and suddenly the world closed down. Um, so thankfully I got out in time. But um, so I've been taking uh, online classes and I'm going to see if, you know, this is a, that dream is a possibility. And in the back of my mind, obviously, again, you know, there are a ton of other trips that I have um, kind of stewing around um one of the big ones i'd love to get a boat and sail the caribbean um visit those islands uh, individually spend you know a few days a week on each of them and get to know um, the island and the culture and the history of each um, i'd done it before i took you know a cruise ship when i was younger and you go and and the cruises have robbed a lot of that for some reason um the, the, you end up at the ports and they all seem like cookie cutter versions of, you know, it's the same shops and the same big businesses. And I don't want to see that. I want to see the island itself and how it came to be and, you know, how each one is different. So maybe that. And then if that works out, you know, set sail and loop the globe, um, maybe. All right. Um, what is the one interesting item that you take with you when you travel? or interesting thing that you always purchase on your travels? Don't carry, you know, totems or some people take the stuffed animal and take a yeah. picture everywhere. Uh, I never ended up with one of those. Uh, just the one thing that, that has been uh, a godsend recently was just uh, the, the water bottle with the filter in it. Um, I mean, my, mine's a little life straw. Um, it's got a those filter. Those are great. Yes. <laughs> Uh, if you're out on the trail, you can scoop it up and not have to worry about uh, bacteria or those sorts of things. And, and the same in, you know, any city around the world, because I was so used to drinking bottled water, bottled bottle. And, and that's just kind of the norm. And when you when you get out and travel, there's just plastic bottle trash everywhere. So I feel a bit better now having this and being able to pour my own and trust that I'm not going to get sick from the water. So the one you have is a uh, life. Let me see it. Mine is Life Straw. There's, there's plenty. There's a ton of different ones. Um, yeah, Life Straw is a good one. Um, I know a few people that use it when they're hiking. So that's a, great, uh, that's a great thing to carry. I always ask people this because some people have very practical things. Like that's very practical and very useful. Um, but also like I think that that's like a needed thing and a good tip for sure. <laughs> what is the one piece of advice that you can give to a younger you? Um, my younger me. So, uh, I started in traveling in 2015 and, um, our relations as the U S with Iran were very different at that point. Um, I would tell myself to go there and spend a month in Iran. Um, it's just one of those missed opportunity places for me right now because things aren't so great between the two countries and there's so much culture there and so much history and so much beauty, um, both natural and, and man-made. Um, I would love to have, uh, you know, gone and visited. Obviously, I didn't know my travels were going to end up like this when I was that, that age. But, you know, if I could, could go back in time. And so I'll be looking out when, when things do open up again to try and get there and, and see and learn and share. How has the, um, you know, obviously 
the pandemic is happening in the world. <laughs> How has that affected you? And what are you learning and doing right now? <laughs> uh, again, not much. Um, I, so I, my last big trip was to Australia um, to start 2020. Um, I caught the fireworks out in Sydney Harbor from a boat and then kind of crossed. I'd been to Australia before, but more the, the East Coast and North up to where the Great Barrier Reef is. And um, so I hadn't been inland and, and to, the, uh, to the West. So um, skirted down through Canberra and Melbourne and across to Adelaide and then took the train uh, across the barren nothingness to, to Perth. Mm. Um, and then I was back in, in uh, I spent some time in Canada for a short bit and then was back in the U.S. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that started some of my travels was um, the San Antonio Spurs basketball team. Um, they take a long road trip every year. And so in 2015, I went to each of the games on that road trip. Obviously a fan, right? I grew up with the Spurs. I, yeah, it's been an amazing ride. Um, great team, good culture. So all of that. Um, so back then in 2015, it was two goals in one. Um, I had decided I was going to visit all of the state capitals. Um, my little brother was in, in uh, going to school in Colorado. I went to visit him in Denver and asked, you know, what is there to do here? And he was like, I don't know. I just go to school. Which, um, you know, I can't fault him. I did that once when I was in Boston. But um, so... I decided I went in downtown and there was the Capitol, this just grand, amazing building with the huge dome. And I went, walked in and there was a tour there. So I took the tour. And then all of a sudden you're learning about the history of, of the state and, um, you know, uh, how it got settled and how it was defined. And then at the end of the tour, they take you up into the dome and, you know, you look out the window and the Rocky Mountains are there just behind the Capitol and the dome. And it's spectacular. So I was like, all right, well, this is kind of cool. I, let me do this. You know, I wanted to travel the States kind of on my own terms. So as I go around, let me, you know, visit each of these. Most of them are in the middle of the state. So if you're driving through, you'll have seen a large swath of the state anyways. Um, <clears throat> and so the, 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 that road trip was, was part of both. Um, so I finished, the, like, at the end of this trip, um, I found myself back in the States in February and it was right around the time the Spurs were going to start this road trip again. And I was like, all right, well, let me bookend it. I did it before. Let me do it again. Um, and, and so I did. I followed the, the Spurs. Uh, and that then that so in cool. February. And by that time, the disease, disease had spooled up and very shortly after they canceled the NBA season. So you know, that was it for me. I, you know, I had booked acting classes. And so I've been doing those online now. There's quite a bit of online stuff going on in the acting world for sure. Tons. Um, um, so yeah, um, that's crazy. You went and followed a, a, I've never met somebody who's just like, I'm just going to go follow this team. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> you're a big fan. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. But, but yes. part of it was that I'm going to get to travel as well. And I actually brought my parents along this time. So they oh. met me in L.A. I flew from Canada out to L.A. And they'd driven up and we drove the first uh, six games. So oh, wow. the first game was first two games were there in L.A. And then we drove across California and drove through the Redwoods. And so they hadn't seen or experienced some of that. We drove along Pacific uh, Coast Highway. They hadn't seen that. So 
Um, we made a trip of it. We actually ended up, I think that one of the next games after that was in Portland and we were like 15 minutes late for the game. They, they kept making fun of me because I was like, all right, let's see this one more thing. Let's see this one more thing. I made us late for the game, which is the whole purpose of having been there. <laughs> Spurs um, didn't do so well on that road trip. And at the end of it, what do we have? We have the memories of the trip of, you know, the journey, not the destination. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah, it's so, uh, we have such beautiful country here in the West, you know, Oregon. The oh entire gosh. U.S., you know, and, and I'll US. say that, like, yes, get out of the U.S., visit the rest of the world, but also make sure you visit it here at home. The, of the five years, I probably spent two of it on long road trips through the U.S. We have so much amazing, um, just natural wonder throughout the yeah. country. So I especially often. love, like, the West uh, because I'm from Jersey originally, and then I moved out here for entertainment reasons. Um, although we have great entertainment in New York, the entertainment industry there is flourishing, but it was because of the weather and also because I can drive two hours from LA and be in Joshua Tree. I could drive three hours, four hours, and then be in like the Sierras, you know? So it's like, it's just so, so beautiful here. And then obviously like we're not too far from you know, Oregon, Utah, Colorado. I love Colorado. So yeah, it's, we're, we're very lucky. Like our country's so, so gorgeous. And there's so much to see if you just kind of just drive. Just drive. Yeah. Sometimes just drive. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So last thing, where can we find you? So I, um, yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Um, one of the, one of the things, um, when I, when I started traveling, I realized that I had an opportunity that not very many people have or will have. Um, and so I just wanted to share that. So um, the excerpt that I read at the top um, is uh, from a post I had on Instagram and Facebook. And there's one of those for that day. And the day after, I went to another scenic area, which is actually even more gorgeous. And then the day after that, I went to um, a cave uh, temple with a carved Buddha that's, you know, 20 meters tall uh, and there's a write-up for that and so for the last five years that's what I've been doing is every day go somewhere new and write a blurb about it and throw it up on Facebook and Instagram um, family has been begging me for years to write a book but I don't want to sell this I mean it's there it's free I have to put it in an easier format but for now it's on there um, you can find me at, at MIT flunky um, on those um, and sorry that's just the the name I got when, you know, when your Facebook came out when I was an undergrad and so I didn't think it was going to last as long as it did. So I just picked a name and it's stuck now forever. But um, So can you spell that's M-I-T-F-L? M-I-T-F-L-U-N-K-I-E. Spelled okay. the wrong way and everything. <laughs> can I change my answer about what I would uh, advise my younger self? <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much, Amatha, for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends, and follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.